From the makers of Relevant Magazine, it's The Relevant Podcast, and we're live. And now, from our Orlando studio, here's your host, Cameron Strang. It's Tuesday, February 26, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast live. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And here with me in our Orlando studios, this is a weird one, Clark Flippo over there. Hey, hey. Uh, Chandler. Yes, oh, that's Chandler, a good one. Chandler yeah. is out like of that. town. More on that in a moment. Uh, joining us uh, from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And by out of town, I mean the loser of a cage match. Two men enter the studio. One man leaves. Congratulations <laughs> on your death match, Clark. Uh, from Gatorland, Florida. Eddie, big cat coffles. Yes, praise hands. <laughs> and, all the, and all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Still uh, eating my breakfast. Welcome to the live show. This is a this is a scary and a, and unique live episode today. Um, Chandler is in Los Angeles. La La right. Land what's, in the biz. What's he doing there? He's other than getting many many tattoos. That, that that's what he's doing there. He, <laughs> yeah, he's. It's carpe diem, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he, he, he actually told me, uh, Cameron, we were at, uh, I was at your house, uh, you know, I don't know, about a month ago. And me and Chandler were sitting out back and we were talking about just plants. And he's like, yeah, going out to L.A. because there's a tattoo artist that's doing like a residency there. And that's like a lot of the intention of the trip. Wait, yeah. for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so he's gone today. So, I currently have four screens in front of me. And all of the audio cues you're going to hear today are going to be fired by me. So I have it's to have two hats on all day today. And and we're watching the live feed and all the comments that are coming in. So Well, because we have a we have a very special sec- second segment today. And this is what stressed me out Whoa. for Cameron yesterday. <laughs> this stressed me out for Cameron because we decided we were Cameron and I were talking yesterday and we we're like it'd be really fun to do like a live ask me anything type of situation with the listeners and we'll take live comments. I'm like, "Cameron, I'll get someone in the studio to start pulling them and compiling them and handing them off to you." He's like, "No, I got this. Got I it. got this." Yeah, I have the entire soundboard in front of me. I have full control of the beat button. I have I have sound effects. I mean, we can do. I mean, we can do a lot of things today. So it's going to get off the. This the is going to go sideways quick. Pretty, pretty I always quick, wondered yeah. when this would just turn into like the Zoo Morning Crew, and it was today's date is February twenty sixth. Yeah, right? today hey, hey, Cameron. Yeah. Oh, hey. Keep your finger on that beat button for one sec, because I need oh, to tell the listeners see. if you dare ask me about. <laughs> the show's over. The show's over. Pretty good. Pretty good. Unnecessary Jesse, censorship so nice is one of my today. love languages. I love it. Thank so, you. Yeah, hey, what are you? Look, you look beautiful, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse, you thank, you. Nice. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, well, Eddie, you and Cameron are wearing the same shirt. It appears, and that's very nice Oddly. as well. That's and that's awesome. Awesome. You look lovely Jeff, as well. Wears that every day. That's I have. I have lunch plans, and so I wanted to look respectable, like Eddie F. Koffold. So tell them yes. where you're Excuse going. Me. Can you tell where you're going? Uh, on, I, I have a lunch, a lunch thing with the uh, uh, lunch with the magic Orlando magic front office today. Oh, to, really? Yeah. Just you or is it like a big lunch they have? It's a small group of inner circle people and we have to leave our phones at the door because we're going to talk off the record. 
Very exciting. Cameron, oh, that's exciting. so cool. I, had to wear, I love I had to your wear. Orlando Magic life. Oh, I love it. Like too. you don't have memories. Like you're not able to just walk out and be like, here's yeah, a thing they, I just they, heard. They, they MIB flash you, you know, right when you walk out. I yeah. too have a magic that's lunch, but it doesn't have to do with basketball. <laughs> it is a, will be just a magical time it today. Magic. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> follow along on Facebook. Uh, we are live. Uh, and if you are watching on our Facebook page uh, and you're commenting and stuff, we are watching that throughout the show. Uh, we will be interacting with you guys. And like Jesse said, at the end of the show, we are doing a live Ask Me Anything with uh, everybody on Facebook. So that's, that's right. going to be scary. Right. Uh, also coming up on the show today, we have an awesome guest. Devon Franklin joins us. Yeah. Uh, he's a filmmaker, uh, Christian. He's he's going to talk about toxic masculinity, uh, which is Annie's love language. Um, his... <laughs> Some of his upcoming that projects. Stuck up on me. That was a good kick. Yeah, he's blowing guacamole out of your nose over there. <laughs> some of his. Uh, it's just pure avocado. It's not guacamole. It's just oh, he's gross. also about some of his upcoming projects in Hollywood, and he has a new book out called "The Truth About Men," uh, yeah. which I I gifted to Annie. Um, as well. yeah, yeah. I need to know. Really? Yeah. I need to know. There's yeah, lots well. you need to know. I'll Annie. be interested to read that book. I'm actually, that's a fascinating. Are men I'm, men are a big mystery to you, Eddie? I mean, I am a mystery to myself. So, yeah, no, yeah. I actually, I, I don't want to give too much of the interview away, but like, um, can I, I if, what, what, you know, you won't hear some of the cutting room floor stuff because I asked about how this book came about and he was actually, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a Hollywood guy. He's doing, he does a lot of interviews all the time. So a couple of years ago, he's being interviewed by Marie Shriver for her show. And, um, anyway, wasn't she on the Today it, Show? She was on the Today Show and he was, was being interviewed. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's on the Today Show. Uh, Devon's on the Today Show relatively frequently. Uh, you know, when he has new projects coming about. Anyway, they were off the record talking about, uh, this was right when the Harvey Weinstein book was, was coming out and they were talking about it and the conversation got so, so compelling. She was like, you know, you should write a book about, Toxic masculinity because one, you're a Christian, and two, you're someone in Hollywood that probably has a unique perspective on it. So that was sort of the impetus of the book, um, but it goes in a lot of interesting directions. But that's part of what you'll hear in the interview just a little bit later on. There you go. It's a, it's, wow. a, it's a very exciting show today. That's cool. A little did behind you like the talking scene. talking to him, Jesse? Sorry, I go. did. I did. We And like this one was fun because it was face to face. It was actually a little while back, but the book just came out. Uh, uh, it's a February release. So we talked before the book came out, but it was uh, it was, uh, you know, we, we sat down together. We're probably hung out for about 45 minutes or so. And he's a good guy. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, hey, Doug McGregor uh, uh, on Facebook uh, uh, said that he has the secret about men. They love they love their ring lights and placing office supplies on percussion instruments. <laughs> nice. Very on brand joke, Doug. Pretty well done. And very visual. Inside very baseball. Video inside podcast. baseball. And, 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 uh, and a, a lot. The majority of the comments are people deeply confused about the start time of our live podcast because they said, I thought it was me 1030. I thought it was 11 last week. No. Yeah. Listen, uh, set your alarms early, folks. You, you don't the, know. You don't you know get what you pay for. You get right. what you pay yeah. for. So, yeah. Right. You want to subscribe? We'll put it on at 1030 at your house or whatever. But this is we're doing the best we can. <laughs> yeah, you can watch you it. Know, on it's demand. forcing you. No, it's forcing you to watch it out. Just start at 1030. You know, I mean, it's it's not like this is a sports game where you're going to like there's going to be some big spoiler. You can literally start at whatever you, you want. Know. This will live on in you the archives. Know. Yeah. Uh, Adam Bloomendale, Annie wants to know, uh, do you put your food in koozies? 
No, but it is in like a little Tupperware. What, what, if, it, I, what if it was in a, uh, a little parfait uh-oh. cup? Would you do that? I should. Should. Behind you. I should. Annie, Y'all don't this, need to worry about what's happening in my house no. right now. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's someone else on the show, and I'd like yeah, to introduce them. The, there's going to be people because there is a mirror in my house. They, oh, there I she have, is. She's smiling. Oh, there's a who lot is of that? Them. What? Who are all these people? Annie well, is having we, a house party. For listeners that are listening to the audio-only experience, yes, you should know yeah. that there's a mirror behind Annie, and there appears to be a house party a la, uh, what was that house party movie? Can't Hardly Wait, the one with... Oh my um, gosh, I wish! Where I Seth wish Green wore goggles really on his party. head. I love that I think it was just uh, where, house party. Where, where, where Seth Green wore goggles on his head, ski goggles for no yes. apparent reason. Yes, that it's came just out like that. That when I was a senior in high school, and we all went, our whole class went together and saw it. Ross cool. King is calling for a new segment, Let's Get Koozie with Annie. Uh, I like it. Oh, for sure. How about this? Cousing up with Annie. Cousing up with Annie. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start working on that post haste. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh I wanna I wanna introduce somebody. Um so Chandler usually dominates the one mic that we allow in the production room. There's there's just only room for one back there. Chandler takes it, he commandeers it. He's gone today. Clark Flippo gets to have a microphone. Uh, Clark's been with us here at Relevant for half a year now, give or take, maybe a little longer. And he runs our video stuff. So if you've been watching Relevant Daily these last couple of weeks, that's Clark. Um, all, any of our uh, performances from the, the studio, that's Clark. And we have a lot of stuff in motion now that he's on our team. I'm really excited. He's also you know, doing this live switching of this. And so I thought it'd be neat for us to do a little get to know Clark Flippo before we get going with the show. What do you think, Jesse? I love it. I love it. I have a lot of questions for Clark. Are you going to ask me if I think we should do this? Or no, we just, we get Eddie, what, Eddie, I Annie, think we're what, what fine. <laughs> I think the people will get what they want. We And we're all on screen. Clark, are you there? Go ahead. Let's meet Clark. I'm pro Clark. Let's go. 75% of us say go yeah, Clark. I am That's here. Right. <laughs> Clark, what are you... Uh, and, and, and Cameron, liberally bleep Eddie during this entire segment. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Clark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. Oh. Um, Hi. <laughs> hold on. Let's let's he run that again and see. You're welcome. Yeah. Let's try that line again. Hey, Clark. Oh. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very Good. honored. I'm very honored. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's uh, interesting about Clark Flippo? What's yeah, interesting yeah, about yeah. me? Um, I. <laughs> Oh gosh, Clark, you're, Clark, you're in the ditch. You're in the ditch, man. Here, I'm going to help you out. What, <laughs> lightning round. What's your love language? What's my? Oh, words okay. Of spirit animal. You're, words you're of affirmation. Spirit animal. Clark. Four seconds to answer. He can do this. We believe in you, Clark. Okay. Go ahead. Love words language. Seventy-five percent of words of affirmation. So be kind to him, Jesse. Uh, okay. Not what, going words well. of affirmation. That is important for us <laughs> all four to uh, hear. What did well, you listen. do after high school graduation? Like to celebrate. Uh, graduation gift party type thing was Cornerstone in Illinois, 2001, uh, Cornerstone Festival. Cornerstone Wow. That was prime time. That was like peak Cornerstone. Cameron, would you go to Cornerstone around that time in your life, right? Yeah, Relevant was there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that was my first, Clark, you know, we, we can bond over this. Around that time, my first job with Relevant was to, to do like a marketing promotion store and going to Cornerstone. And I like to tell people this is like, I was untrained in marketing. I do not have a degree in it. Uh, I have never studied it and never even attempted to learn about it. Uh, but I was hired to do it. And the guy who's the marketing director at the time, Kyle, Kyle, I hope you're listening or uh, I'd love to see you sometime, but Kyle instructed me. This is me 
right out of college with a journalism degree, uh, undertaking a marketing tour, which was, it was, it was three parts marketing, one part sales, and then another part van maintenance because you're driving a lot. None of which I had any training in or qualifications for, but you know, he was like, Hey, listen, it's really important. You try to get on stage at these festivals and promote relevant because relevant was a relatively young brand. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, Kyle, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do that? You know, how am I supposed to get out on stage in a music festival? He's like, I don't know, man. That's up to you. You got to figure it out. So at Cornerstone, this is this is real talk, Clark. And I, maybe you were there this year. Switchfoot was headlining. This is peak oh, Switchfoot, man. people. This you. is this nope. is after that Mandy Moore movie Love. when Switchfoot was. Oh, you oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. Dare you to me. Like, that's oh, when wow. that was. Yeah, I got so this is, this was Saturday night at Cornerstone. Okay. Saturday night at Cornerstone. <laughs> Switchfoot is headlining. I'm like, all right. Well, I guess this is the time I go for Mo Relevant. And so I went to where like the backstage area was and I talked to the people. I was like, listen, I'm, I'm supposed to be here to promote something. And they're like, really? And I was like, we don't have you on here. I'm like, trust me. I got there and I had like magazines in my hand and they're like, okay. So I went to the green room Jeez. and I'm sitting there with Switchfoot as they're preparing to go out and I handed the magazines. I was like, yeah, I got a little promotion. Like it was so loose. And if you act somewhat confident and they literally were like, all right, well, I guess that means you're introducing us. And I was like, yeah. <gasps> I think so. What? I think so. And I swear to you, Annie, I swear this is true. So we're sitting there backstage and like, I don't know if the corner so people just assumed I was with the band at that point because I'm just casually talking to them. And so they're like, all right, guys, you're coming out. And so I grabbed the mic. I'm just like, ladies and gentlemen, I want to point your attention to the relevant magazine booth right over there. I'll see you after the show. And now, and I did the Switchfoot intro. We have not been asked to come back to Corner no. Did What did you say? Did you just say, like, you're Switchfoot? No, I threw a couple magazines into the crowd. Here's a lesson. They so don't magazines be, don't throw well. They don't no, 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 no. be as well. They, most of them landed on the security people down front. But all I can say is, listen, a little smooth talking, a handful of magazines can get you a long way in, in this world. That's how Clark, Clark got his job. That's uh, it. Was a yeah. little smooth talking well, and a handful yeah. of magazines. That's to it. Clark, you're welcome. That story. Uh, I, I love it. Justin I Smith says, in the ultimate reveal, Clark once had a visiting high school student fall on him mm. during a college weekend visit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 the, the, the truth is, Clark, we were legally obligated to hire you. It was either that or a sizable settlement. So welcome to the team. We are right. sorry Lee for and, the broken ribs. Lee and Jeffrey says, back to the rogue days of relevant. I, we right. wouldn't be here today if there weren't rogue days. That, uh, oh, yeah. that was a very no, important era. Jesse, that's a shocking story. But now they'd like, invite you on stage and Annie, it would be a thing. Now, it then it was just like Jesse sneaking in. Annie, are you really I, shocked by that? Do you not I think know, I could pull that off? I'm not, but I'm just shocked it happened. It, so it, it, there's a world where I would hear that story and go, that is an incredible story. That is shocking that someone that is not a person introduced Switchfoot. And then right. you, someone says, that's a Jesse Carey story. And I go, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Oh yeah. But, so oh, that's, yeah. The that's the difference. That's the difference. How many people ever in the history of concerts or like those kinds of festivals, have you ever known the person that's introducing? You're never clapping yeah. for that person. No, it's always like, it's like, hey, I'm the missions, but, but, but listen, I'm the missions I, it, director at Doug's United Methodist Church down the road. <laughs> and like right. one youth group kid it, with like a cat in the hat hat claps. And then everybody else is like, yeah, right. Oh, and then they're brilliant. like, 
Here's third day. Annie, I stand by my I stand by my ability. Last summer, me and Cameron were in Las Vegas for NBA uh, uh, um, yeah, summer true. league, and we yeah. wanted to go see like the live Bill Simmons podcast. Totally yeah. sold out because the guest list was insane. It was like David Chang from Ugly Delicious, the you know the, the acclaimed chef, yeah. the the GM of the of the Houston Rockets was yeah. one of the guests, yeah. and so it was sold out. We're bummed. I'm like Cameron, trust me. I walked through and a door we, we, and we walked could, backstage, and we just sat there backstage. Uh, to David Chang the it was whole like time. in a bar in a hotel uh, at one of the big hotels and it was like a glass wall and so we could see the kind of back of the stage from the corridor you know like we could see where it was and Jesse spotted a side door that went right into that area so the main door had a doorman it was sold out there was hundreds of people waiting to get in they couldn't get in Jesse just goes well there's a door over there and we could see that's where the guests were popping in and out and so he just sidles up he goes, we're going for it. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. this. And he's like, no, we're going. And he just like went in. And, and I'm and I'm looking at him through the glass wall. He was inside standing uh, on the side of the stage. And I'm like, <laughs> and out in David the Chang walks next to me. And I'm just standing next to David Chang. I'm out in the hallway. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like, what do I do now? <laughs> and well, like, hold on. I have a follow up question for you, Jesse. But f- but first, Clark, I'm going to ask you a question in a minute. And the question is, do you have family in town that's the question i'm gonna ask you so prep and answer oh, no. jesse <laughs> jesse did you meet david chang no you got to see in those situations you got to play it cool you play like it. you can't act like oh i'm such a okay. big fan you're act like i'm supposed to be here or else you're gonna ask to well, leave i so so i'm out there then i decide to go to this little lounge where like was near the door and i'm looking and there's uh frank from from american pickers he's just hanging out i'm just like well there's frank i'm sidling up to frank now you know cool. i figure there's some good well, stories there- here is Man. there any celebrity, though, that you would lose your chill over? Like, Okay, any- this is exactly what I wanted to ask, because a guy and I had this conversation this weekend about if you saw Bill Simmons in a restaurant, would you walk up and talk to Bill Simmons? Yes. Would- Mark yes. Maron, Bill Simmons. The two, the two of them, I would probably like, I wouldn't like try to get a picture or an autograph, but I would just be like, appreciate your work very much, <laughs> and, then, and then walk away awkwardly. I, I, the only time I've ever done that to a non-athlete was uh, I was in a restaurant and I saw the, the college game day host. It was Lee, oh, yeah. Lee yeah, Corso, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, Desmond Herb Howard. Street. They were over there in, a, in, the, in the corner having dinner and I walked over and talked to him. Like I was like... <laughs> bold i have i have a friend that just just to like he this friend of mine he he's it's he's literally a person that is impossible to embarrass like he is unshakable about yourself no no this is someone who is so beyond what i can do he does this anytime anytime we're out if he sees someone down the street or like hanging out or anywhere you're at you know socially and if there is anyone who vaguely even vaguely represents a celebrity like it doesn't even have to look that much like him he will run up to them act freaked out and ask for their autograph like the last time it was a guy with longish hair and he ran up to him and said how much he loved the John Wick movies, The Matrix, and Speed was his all-time favorite. And got an autograph. Got this guy to sign something as Keanu Reeves. Like that's his whole gig. He goes to people who vaguely looks like celebrities and acts freaks out and see how many will actually sign an autograph. People are pretty into it. People are pretty game. I never understood the, the autograph thing. Like why? Why? I mean, here's I a piece of paper with your name on it. Like take a picture. I mean, I could see you taking a picture with a person, but like, I don't get the autograph thing. I think autographs are like fading though, right? Like that was the best you could do with something that was portable and easy back in the day, like something to capture the moment. Right. But yeah. I feel like everybody now just wants selfies, right? Yeah. I mean, is Annie, anybody... you're on the receiving end of this. Is it a, yeah. what's the ratio selfie to autograph request? And that's signing your book. Cause that's different. 
Right. That's what yeah. I was going to say is uh, it is different because it's books for me. If I'm in public, if I'm if I'm at an airport or a restaurant or somewhere, it is pictures. It's not autographs. It's only when there's a signing line and someone has me signing books. Is it autographs? I've, I never sign autographs in public. I only take pictures. I just get hmm. if I ever and it's rare. It's somebody just comes up and says a creepy comment to me. Like there's no request. Yeah. They don't want it. Well, that's yeah. just a question about where you're hanging out. That has like, less to do with anybody good? knowing who you are. Well, like, <laughs> like yeah, they usually they just get in my ear and they just say, Cameron, I want to smell pretty, your hair. Yeah. Pretty yeah. eyes. Well, <laughs> yeah. like I was at, uh, I was at universal studios with my son and a guy comes up to me and he shows me his phone. He goes, we're winning. He just goes, we're winning. <laughs> And then he was showing oh, me the magic game. And it was Orlando Magic. Yeah. And he goes, That's nice. He goes, That's not he goes, weird. That's he goes, nice. I thought, I thought you'd be there. And then he looks at Cohen and goes, how was Lecrae last night? And I was like, hey, okay. What? <laughs> well, I put that stuff on my Instagram stories. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, but it's, I always That's invest kind of, because I like, like, yeah, I'm the most, I like I, where like, you, I like where you readjusted the TV in your living room. <laughs> that was That's not right. on my Insta story. <laughs> hey, Clark, do you have any family in town? <laughs> Hey Eddie, yes I do. Oh. Are they? Are oh. you like married to a person, or what? What's the deal? <laughs> okay, so I have a great wife and two kids, and got some in laws in town, and everybody's great. great. You know, yeah. you, you have, you have nice. a mom, a dad, a grandma, a great grandma. Clark has a great wife. A gr- oh well, okay, good <laughs> point. Good point. Well, what's, what's the deal? You guys married law? Is this a common law marriage thing? Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. And they're how, all. Um, they're how all old are your kids? <laughs> Uh, my son is four. His name is Jace, and my daughter is one, and her name is Isley. And he has oh, a no. not so he has a not so great grandma. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm sure she's lovely. She's a wordplay. I'm sure she's lovely. Yeah. All right. Well, moving the show along, it is uh, our Tuesday show. It is time for. <clears throat> oh, did y'all hear that? Was it low or is it good? That was low. It was we low. Didn't hear it. Okay, hold on. I'm doing it one more time. Ready? It's time for. Slices. Yeah, that was good. There we go. Yeah, we go better. Oh, you want to do it again? I feel like better. we really know Clark, but we can move forward. Here we go. I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> it's time for slices. Hey, All right, there we go. There All right, it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> All right. What do you have? What do you have, Jesse? <laughs> Strike three, Cameron. Strike three. <laughs> yeah. hey, All I know is I had it set at the volume level that I was instructed to, which uh-huh. apparently was too low. Mm, well, Jeremy we'll has to told okay. us that it's barely hearable. Uh, so sometimes they <laughs> so, read themselves. Immediate feedback. So, immediate feedback. So keep your comments to yourself, Literally, Jeremy, Wes and, and Bronner, see yourself out of the live video experience, Wes Bronner please. just goes, betterish. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and someone's right, so, listening from Thailand. All right, Jesse, sorry. Uh, okay. I got to stop reading the comments. It's so interesting. So so I, so I my slice today, it's kind of a couple different news stories, but it, all the kind of converge on basically like the same idea about how Artificial intelligence is where people are starting to grapple with how artificial intelligence may affect our lives from a morality sense, but also a spiritual sense. Oh, I love this stuff. Okay. Yeah, so too, Eddie, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a couple of recent news stories, but they all kind of had like a common thing that I wanted to, to get your guys' feedback on. So, uh, ethicists are now trying to determine whether or not, uh, devices that you have in your home. So, um, you know, like the home assistants and things that are always Printers. listening. Yeah, exactly. Printers positioned on gym days around your home. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're, 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 we got it, everyone. You know, we let's got say it. your home assistants, your fax machines, uh, your right. electronic yeah. typewriters that, that, that are all around your home. Uh, but things that are actually like listening to the words you say. 
say. Ethicists are determining if there, if this artificial intelligence has some sort of moral obligation to report activity to the police <sighs> that they overhear in someone's home. So, <laughs> oh my so, so like, let's say, okay, so you could see how this would start, right? Where there's no, let's just take a hypothetical scenario where there's no moral call to be made. If you're, if, if you're shouting, Get out the houses on fire, right? Or, or, or right. maybe a gunshot noise. A gunshot or something, oh. yeah. But what if it overhears an argument that it interprets escalating into violence? Uh, or, you know, what if it hears you, you know, blowing off steam and say, I'm so mad I could kill that guy? What obligations do these home well, assistants pause, pause have? Hey, Siri, Jesse was just playing. I just There are police rolling up to my house and a fire truck. I mean, right think now. about this. Like if you say things on the Internet, like threatening the president. Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's illegal. What if you said something while you're watching the news, you know, that, yeah. you know, would be deemed as a threat to the president? I mean, yes. what if somebody believes in spanking their child and the child yeah. says, stop, stop hitting me or something like that? It, Exactly. So these are the questions that ethicists are wrestling with home assistants on a moral level. But uh, artificial intelligence was also in the news this week, not just for this this kind of debate that is going around kind of these ethicist circles, but also because of what's happening at a Buddhist temple in Japan. They have created a robot um, like it's very humanoid looking. It's clearly a robot. Right. But it has like it's almost like the movie AI. Uh, I, I think, Clark, we may have clips of like AI and Terminator where yep. they're like, um, you know, they, they look human-ish. They're made in yeah. human form, but they're actual robots. So they have this uh, robot that uh, will, will sit up on stage and do the teaching. Um, and the teaching, in this case, is actually teachings directly from Buddha. And the reason why they ha- are doing it is because... Oh, my goodness. Um, look at the live say, feed. This is terrifying. Sorry. What? what? Yeah, this is not from the, the church. This should... is from AI and and Terminator. But yeah. they're very humanoid <laughs> robots. I I told Clark. I said I want to find video of what's probably going to happen. And so yes. that's so what he's showing told Terminator me. Two clips. Yeah, right no, now. no, I just think it would be funny to put Terminator <laughs> Two on this conversation. Uh, and that's what's <laughs> happening outside my home right now. Since I yelled fire. Um, right. So, but but the the someone at the temple explained um, to uh, reporters that if it's if an image of Buddha speaks, teachings of Buddhism will probably be easier to understand. We want people to come see the robot and think about the essence of buddha so basically instead of having a human come and talk secondhand so the parallel would be like if someone were to instead of a preacher recounting the sermon on the mount what if you had a robot that was supposed to be like a surrogate for jesus actually do jesus's teaching um so Uh, yeah it's called disney yeah it's called the holy land experience they have the fake jesus reenacting the jesus stuff yeah, I've seen yeah. under the Hall of Presidents a million times. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Boy, both of y'all just jumping on Jesse. I, Jesse, I think this is an interesting thought because I, oh, don't I think, think it's that's very the same. interesting. I'm not yeah. jumping on Jesse. I think it's really interesting. I just don't understand why anybody would not be okay with this. But I'm I'm obviously but, but missing if a you, perspective. Well, let me ask you this, Eddie. If you went to church this morning and the pastor's like, hey, I have a special guest speaker for you who and it's uh, a his robot. sermon is called The Sermon on the Mount and it's a robot dressed as Jesus and he would preach the sermon. You would not be a little bit kind of weirded out by that? I'm fine with it as long as that robot serves me communion. 
And also forgives you. And he couldn't even hold on to that. That is upping the level of complexity. But I'm sure. Virtual punching her gut. But I do think, like, if it's part, like, the Holy Land experience or the Hall of Presidents are novelty experiences, right? We don't look at those. I mean, some people might, but generally we don't look at those as, like, sacred spaces, like a church, you know? But but if you use that kind of logical leap of, like, well, I'm using Jesus' exact words. I'm just doing, like, an animatronic version of him because he's not here anymore. Right. Uh, You know, but this isn't that far away from becoming some sort of reality. And it reminded me of a really great Radiolab episode. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this one, but it was about, like, a a, a king, like a a, a royal, like, I think it was, like, a Spanish king. It was back in the 1500s, and his son was really sick. And he prayed to God and said, if you heal my son, if you give me a miracle, God, I'm a king. I promise I'll deliver you a miracle. A miracle God as opposed to, like, a regular God? Yeah, he will deliver him a miracle God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A great grandmother. Not a great I should say this, Cameron, no comma, because she's actually not that great. But she's, she's, she's an okay great grandmother. She's an okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, he, prom- he promised God to deliver God a miracle. And so, sure enough, the son got better. So the king's like, well, great. What am I going to do? I'm on the hook for a miracle here. So this is in the 1500s. You can actually um, uh, uh, see the, the robots like on tour museums and stuff. He's in the Smithsonian. But what he did is he hired like the finest at the time engineers. Again, this is the 1500s and he made this animatronic monk that you could wind up like a almost like a watch and it would do like a specific liturgical prayer walk pattern and like read and like bring the bible back into his chest so basically they could wind it up so their prayer would always be happening but they did it in the form of a robot uh so anyway the convergence of these like religious exercises and moral exercises with technology dates back hundreds of years but this is something that a lot of churches are i feel like it's not that far off before they're really grappling with this kind of stuff now, you know pardon me if i'm being too reductionist but isn't it just another form of media for like hearing scripture right like it's just it's just another way of presenting words that are historic but, but, like, but, but I know but it's weird say, but, and it may not be entertaining, but, but is there I, anything ethically wrong? With yeah, it? I mean, yeah, I, but, I'm thinking back to the Hall of Presidents. I mean, it's like it's exactly the same point, isn't it? I mean, it's the same experience. Yeah, but but what if well, let's take it like a step further, right? What if um, someone has like an algorithm that it, you know has some sort of digital voice component to it that would respond to confessions and could offer counseling based on ar- an artificial intelligence algorithm? Like, hey, I've huh. been really struggling with you know whatever, and they program in a response. You know, hypothetically, we're not that far from something like that, where you could call in and have an artificial intelligence things like counsel you for different you know things spiritually based on responses yeah, it's not I'm out on all, all of this i'm out on all you i'm just saying i'm just saying from a technical standpoint we're not that far from being able to do that yeah yeah and i what, think we're able to do it i don't think it's wise <clears throat> i think we're able to do it why annie um i think on a sunday morning you don't want a robot doing that that's not that's not what church is for i don't think i mean i think you can have a robot in your house that reads you the bible i have a robot in my house that reads me the Bible every morning while I'm getting ready. I mean, that's fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. I just think when we're gathering and we're being pastored, we should have a living pastor. I don't Uh, feel like this sounds out of... I don't know. Uh, Christian teaching, Ian Cameron McLaren says, uh, don't y'all remember Colby the Christian robot? 
from the 90s and 2000s? It was, uh, exactly. He we predicted that. Is that Brian this. McLaren's kid? Because that'll explain it to us, won't it? Well, I think. Brian McLaren just said, uh, I've seen a lot of robotic pastors in my day. That's true. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. But I do think, oh, Justin and I, Justin Smith and I want okay. to bring a point to the floor. Okay. Like the algorithm is still created by humans. It's not like, like even if things are learning, the basis of it is still what the human has put into it to learn. It's like, I still feel like you can't remove fully the human element. I don't think it's not creepy. Like it's super weird, right? Like if I walk in and there's a robot confession, like that's or confessional booth. First of yeah. all, why am I doing confession? Cause I'm not Catholic, but anyway, I'm like, just saying like, but maybe you could also say like, what if there's this Surrey equivalent for, I could ask a Bible question to, and a robot would come back to me or, or some sort of artificial like intelligence. Can't do that with Siri, right? Yeah. yeah, you or probably do you want it to can. give you an ethical answer, Jesse? Do you want to no, say explain I, I mean, the scripture to but me? I'm, I'm just saying I don't think I think at some point the lines get blurred. And I'm not saying either. I'm not saying either is right or wrong. I'm just saying this is stuff that people are now grappling with seriously because it's becoming the, the technology is to the point where it can be used. And now people are starting to actually use it for this kind of so stuff. You're saying, you know? So you're saying the difference is, I mean, asking Alexa or Siri to read you the Bible or even what does the Bible say about a question you might have. Yeah. It's just mining a database and information and it's giving you the answer. The difference is uh, the AI persona of a robot giving a sermon or something or doing biblical teaching that doesn't have any human uh, writing yes. to it. It's just kind of like it's narr- it's navigating the waters as an AI experience. I, that, yeah, but, that, that's but, weird. But, but what know, if it is camera. weird, but what if it's right? Like, what if they're making a good point? Yeah. Like, what if it's like, okay, well, I mean, that thing is still not bigger than but, like God's sovereignty. So it's like, it's creepy as all get out. But, okay. But aren't we saying like, when we go to church, we're not there to hear the, the pastor. We're here because that pastor has the Holy Spirit speaking through him, the Holy Spirit illuminating the words and the whatever. A robot can't have, can't have the Holy Spirit, camera. right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so but, what, but 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 again, it, it again, it's only a matter of time before it will cross some lines for some people. And this is something that I feel like it's probably better for churches to start thinking about what they feel about this instead of just ignoring it until technologically they're going to be forced into making decisions that they may or may not actually, you know, agree with that they think hard about them. Yeah, so you're I, would saying, really, I really think it's time for churches to start posting their stances on robot preachers. That would be that would be the number <laughs> one statement of belief in my area. <laughs> what do you believe about the Holy Spirit? What do you believe yeah. about robots Here. in the pulpit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First off, the Apostles' Creed. Two. What we think about robot robots now is the robot armed with cool lasers. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. How do you fill in? Yeah. I mean, there is a part of it that it's all just data, and we're already like. I used to go to a church when we were in Orlando that like the, and we've talked about this before the pastor's on a screen go to a church. Yeah. But like we, we go, but like the pastor was on a screen and it was recorded Thursday and the pastor says, let's pray and we pray. And so technically he's praying Thursday and it's Sunday now. Like the, how is but, it different? But, but that's is that real different than me. listening to a praise and worship album in your car? I mean, yeah. And, and, and yeah, sharing it, in the experience. Yeah. Cause I feel like if it's, if, if the, Matrix of metric of success we use is the person listening. Like if the person is still being spoken to, like God can still speak to a person, even though something very computerized and digital is happening in front of them. Right. I, maybe there's a, and y'all, I can already hear my, what you're going to say back to me, but maybe there's a difference between 
the technology being the medium for which the teaching passes through and technology being the, the origin of yeah. the communication. I would agree with that. Yeah. I actually, Clark, what do you think? Uh, that's great. Oh my gosh. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I I love it. I love it, Clark, that not only when describing your grandmother, but just just random thoughts. Great. 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 Heck of a lady. Everything y'all said, that's great. That's what my mom says when she's not listening to me. So, okay. That's great. Just great. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Robots, no robots, we're fine. Okay. I'm basically just going to read to you. Uh, I know slices are usually more of a hard hitting uh, news item oh yeah but i'm just sure hey i shouldered that today eddie for you i'm just gonna read to you a twitter thread that i thought was hilarious um and it actually kind of went viral-ish but i also feel like um the older i get the more i feel like i'm forgetting words uh namely my my children's names. So. <laughs> I peeped him. Sorry. Yeah. You he was saying he was forgetting words, so I figured it would be a funny. How long does that beep go? How long does that beep go? That's literally it. That's the, you felt you felt the entirety of the sensor. Because so. there's nothing funnier to me for some reason. Like really they used to do in Arrested Development, oh, but a Buster. long oh, extended yeah. beep. You know? yeah, because yeah, yeah. whatever your mind is filling in there is far worse and dirtier oh. and raunchier oh, yeah. than what right. they actually right. said. And then but would, that's like, why it's bump funny. Out of the beep for a second. Yeah, and it's like, and that's why. Why I boop. Yeah, and yeah. Right. <laughs> so oh, the I find my, dinner. Boop. I yeah. feel myself getting older because I keep forgetting. I like I'll forget names and stuff all the time. Where I'll constantly call my kids each other's names. Uh, if I'm like, "Hey, girls," it's if it's like breakfast. I'm like, "Hey, girls," it's time for breakfast or lunch, dinner. No, it's breakfast. I mean, it's like 100 percent of the time. Well, this Twitter thread made me feel better. Paul Coxon tweeted, "Hello, my name is Paul." I have a PhD in physics and thanks to a random brain freeze, forgot the word for photon. So I had to call it a shiny crumb in front of my colleagues. That makes me feel a little bit better because this guy who's clearly super, super smart. And so I but I read that and was like, well, I mean, I couldn't remember the name for a photon. But people began chiming in with their own forgotten words and they are incredible. Wesley tweeted, one of my cleverest and most fabulous friends at university, now a PhD in neuroscience, once forgot the word for what she wanted at a restaurant and tried to explain it with, like, I just want a really wet salad. She wanted soup. Her friend was describing. <laughs> her friend was describing. Soup. I, I, I love this slice because I, I feel so dumb when this happens to me. When oh, it's I like feel... a word that I totally know, but for some reason right, in the it's moment, just gone from your you brain. Know, yeah. That's why I feel like we should all just be replaced by robot preachers because they don't forget <laughs> their <laughs> memories. They just want to learn to love. There was. <laughs> They never forget their words. First of all, yeah. I would like to apologize to Ryan and Gracie and all the people who have yelled, jumped, and gotten scared at work in Starbucks because of the noise I just made. Yeah. So sorry about that. Eddie, I have one quick interruption for you. Jesse, no, when please. you forget words, does that ever let you know you're about to have a migraine? Because whenever I start forgetting words, that's my like trigger no, that I'm about to have but, a migraine. Uh, no, I, I mean, after I get migraines, I get this thing called aphasia. Uh, not all the oh, time, yeah. but but where it was that I an old Disney movie where it's like super trippy? What's that? Uh, wasn't that an old Disney movie where it was like really trippy? A lot of like, yeah, it's you know what I see is Mickey. Uh, the Mickey Mouse's dancing around on rainbows to orchestras. It's crazy. I mean, it is really. <laughs> Hold on, but I'll say just, this. I'll say yeah. this. It's weirdly moving at times. The flamingo scene, unbelievable. <laughs> it still holds up, guys. They did it all by hand. Annie, all do you get migraines hand. too? Yeah, I do. 
Me too. Cameron, yeah. do you? No, I've never experienced it. Sorry. 75% yeah. of us. I wonder 75% if of us are probably caused by 25% of us. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but to answer your question, I, I get, yeah, exactly. Clark, I get this thing called aphasia where... Button? Sorry. For, for, but for a couple hours after, like, I almost lose the ability to speak. Not all, entirely, but a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, but but I'm talking about time. But all I say, it's not a precursor for me to migraines, but there yeah. will be awkward situations where it's either somebody's name. It could be like I'm sitting next to like my best friend. If you could, you ever, has that ever happened to you? And you're introducing, you're like, why did it's like your mind wants to play like a hilarious joke on you. Like, I'm going to create a very awkward situation for this person. Right. And when the waiter comes, I'm going to make them forget soup. <laughs> you know? <laughs> What are some other ones um, that you keep Another going? one, she, she said, uh, another reply said, when I was pregnant with my first child, I cried one day uh, because I couldn't come up with the word. I just kept yelling at my husband and I described to him and I said, it comes in its own case. It's yellow. That's what I want. A and banana? she was describing <laughs> a banana. She could not figure it out. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Oh, let me see if there were some other ones. Um, oh, uh, my 17 year old forgot the word and these are all like very accomplished smart people talking yeah. well this one my 17 year old forgot the word for full uh, which I've then like I'm like baby. whatever that means Deer? Um, any, if it's like a baby horse oh, anyhow yeah. anyhow the because 17 I feel like baby horse is much more clear for 99% yeah, yeah, yeah. of the population well yeah. her 17 year old just kept insisting that it was a horse puppy which I thought was really, <laughs> <laughs> really <perfect. laughs> way better <laughs> Puppy, that's so cute. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth, first class, BA, super smart. Random brain freeze and forgot my husband's name when introducing him to the chairman of the board of the company that I work for. Oh no! Like, can you? I I could totally imagine doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I've done that. I've brain freeze and forgotten the person's name who I was with, and 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 introducing them. That's Uh, horrible. Oh yeah, especially when it's like a person. Oh. When yeah, you know well and you're 99% sure of their name, but like, it's like, is it, is it Jacqueline or Jocelyn that someone yeah. just walked in behind well, you? Well, that's Dude. what you do, Eddie. That's what you do. That's when you're like, when, if I can't remember one of either of the names, I'm like, oh, you should meet. Hey, come, come here. And I never, I've, I have a way of like Jedi mind tricking the people around me that I don't know their names. So I'm like, you guys should meet. Hey, come, come on over here. Come on over. And I like pull them in and they're waiting for me to introduce. And when it becomes clear that I'm not going to do the introduction, they're like, Hey, I'm Rick. And they're like, hey, I'm yeah, Steve. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, Steve and Rick. I'm so glad you guys met. There's <laughs> Man, ways, the Eddie. Ho- the hope is you can just remember one of them and go, Rick, and then yeah. let him go with it and let him yeah. take it and go, oh, hi, <laughs> well, Rick. What's your name, Steve? And then the person like, that knows you forgot their name is just staring dead eyed oh, at you. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, yeah. I will Same tell you, Brienne has helped me with that, though, but she can also use it against me because if I, if she and I are together, she knows that the code is if I see a person and I'm like, oh, hey, this is my wife, Brianne. Actually, I would say Brianne, my wife. She immediately hops in with like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Tell me your name. And she like will hop in and do it for me. But if I, <laughs> but if I've been like a little snarky or, you know, something's going on, she'll just say like, hi. And she'll just, just wait. Sit and, on it. Oh. There's, a couple, good, there's a couple good comments in here. Yeah, go. Beth Ann said, "I once forgot the word for ankle and just went with footrest." <laughs> Beth Ann totally works. I like Kenny's comments. Foot elbow? I don't. Well, I mean, because it bent. That's the no. knee. That's the knee. I that think. would be the knee. The knee yeah. would be the foot elbow. It would yeah. be the foot but elbow. The leg, the leg elbow, elbow. Really? The leg elbow. Yeah. Neither are perfectly accurate. But uh, Kenny said, <laughs> "I once." 
he doesn't have quotes here. I do because I'm reading. I'm reading two letters deeper than what Kenny said. He said, yeah. "I once forgot my I, quote unquote forgot my wife's name once when introducing her to one of my attractive high school friends." Oh, I'm sure that was a pleasant evening oh, for you, Kenny. God. Yeah, you <laughs> I stuck love your. It. Yeah. Eddie, that's interesting that you, you, stu- you stuck your leg hand in right in your mouth there, Kenny. <laughs> your leg hand. <laughs> it's, what did you say, Annie? I'm I sorry. Said, how come you say, how come you switched it from my wife, Brianne, to Brianne, my wife? You always well, just do her name first? Always her name first before anything. Oh. She's her own person. She is. She's, she, yeah, she's that. She's herself before she's whatever yeah. her relationship to me. I mean, I don't think it's like people that say like my wife, whatever, like are, are bad people. But I do sure. think that it sort of screams of like, the relationship to me is more important to me than their who they are as an individual. So Eddie, I always, oh, yeah. I, you know, when it doesn't work though is when I'm writing is because it always is like it, it doesn't flow well in the sentence. So I always just look like a doofus, but it, <laughs> I still I still refuse to not do that. Eddie, what do you feel about the pastors who post comments uh, about their smoking hot wives? Oh, I mean those those people are deserve to be robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one situation that's, that's where the, I, that, I, I will pay for some robots to be put that's in the one benefit positions. you have a, of not having a robot pastor. You I'm okay with a, with a pastor cheesing it up a bit and saying something nice about his or her spouse on stage because why not care for the person? But just to ref- oh, that smoking hot thing that, yeah. that can't be real anymore. People yeah. must not <laughs> do that in the real world. Uh, I saw it unironically on Instagram this past Sunday. It was, did you? Yeah, it's still happening, man. It's out there. It's a plague. So hey, uh, what do you have, Annie? Check yourself. Well, I um, I love this slice. You guys just get ready. Uh, there was an antique dealer in Canada. I am an antique person. We ever talked about this before. I don't own a lot, but I love How looking through you? stuff. Hi, oh. Um, this and she found this whole box of like letters and telegraphs and all sorts of papers and bought them as like a chunk. I don't know if y'all know you can do that at like antique stores, but sometimes they'll just chunk together a bunch of postcards and letters and it's like a dollar for all of these. Don't they call it a bundle though? Chunk feels like a gross word for it. Chunk, sorry, chunk Chunk of letters. You'd rather call it a bundle of letters? Okay, I'm fine with that. Chunk, better than bundle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. I made a a latte the other day with some expired milk and there was a chunk in it. Ew, you do that a lot. What's why do you keep doing that? I don't know. I don't either. I I feel like that's a common story. I trust that the milk in the fridge is fine and sturdy milk. And then Maybe I a find trick out would be just fine and listen. sturdy milk. Just <laughs> shake it I, I, and listen. I wasn't. I didn't want to. I don't want to go too that far down the stomach flu road uh, this episode. <laughs> but one time, because of an unfortunate uh, mixture with protein, I was unable to taste how spoiled the milk was. I was close to death. Like yeah, I, I literally got sicker that. than I've ever been in my entire life. So don't don't play around with chunks. Don't right. play around. So okay, sorry. A bundle. She bought a a bundle, and as she was going through it, she found a letter postmarked in May 1917, which was a from World War One from oh, a soldier yeah. in World War One, and he was writing to um he to the sister of the man who'd rescued him in battle. Okay. Okay. Are you with me? Yeah. And I am. I just World think this War is a, this is yeah, yeah. I think this is just a really sweet story because she he had written the letter because months after he was rescued, he realized that the guy who rescued him had died. And no one was gonna know the story that he had rescued this man. And so he Ooh. says, I'm just gonna write a letter to his sister. So she and he writes that she he writes the whole story and then says, I realized the other day that I heard he was killed, so I wanted to write you. He died a hero with other men. I just thought that was really nice. I know. Can Sometimes you, I bring you have the letter? factories. And can, and- 
Can yeah. you read the letter in World War One soldier voice? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Can't. Dear Eleanor, <laughs> yeah. by the time you read this, I will be gone. I think that's I mean, a civil like war. The that was a civil war. Back. <laughs> you, you went that's straight right. civil war, Eddie. Just, that, that, that was, yeah, that's you, civil war. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. ever been in a war talks like that yeah. in a letter. 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. Even if it's like the Afghan, like, uh, you know, Kuwait, Afghan, they still, that's the way their voice sounds in the letter. Yeah. I just yeah. thought that was really nice. I thought, man, how... It, I don't know. I just like that one. Sorry, that's there's my slice. I just you don't like need to be no, sorry. I like it. I, nice. It gives you hope for every piece of lost mail or like <laughs> any, any like piece. It's like, listen, uh, you know, technically we delivered this one. Was it over a hundred years late? Yes, but technically it still got to its destination at the end of the right. day, right? right? It was just caught up in that old mail chunk. If they had only, if they had only, if they had only, how many? Sorry. I'm going to start a rival uh, email uh, service that actually just looks for lost pieces of mail called MailChunk. Uh, you know, I'm going to sponsor next season of Serial, our sponsor but, MailChunk. Um, we go through old chunks of mail, find old letters, MailChunk. I but I always, that, I, mean, I always love those stories. Like they come out around Christmas yeah. a lot too. Like somebody gets a Christmas card that's delivered to their house like 50 years later. But I always yeah. think that, like Brienne, when we were dating and we were long distance, she was in Seattle and I was in Florida. She sent me like this sweet package and it had like slippers in it and just, you know, like a sweet letter, just like all the like young, cute dating things. And I never, it's very cute. I never like thanked her and never what? acknowledged it. And what? I never, but I never got it. So one day she's like, Hey, did you ever get that package that I sent you with like, the letter and I was like no it just got lost in the mail but for like a little while she thought I was just really ungrateful um, and so yeah, that's I, so awkward too to be like um did you get that package I, I her, sent you boyfriend I, across America I, 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 hope, <laughs> I hope that this couple is like still alive you know I know that's probably very unlikely well but they were civil uh, war heroes uh, yeah I don't think after after world war one he's you know uh, the the wife's like hey did you write that guy's sister to tell him thank you for saving your life he's like i swear honey i wrote the letter <laughs> well, that's weird that's weird because i just called her and she never get it let me guess it's been lost in the mail Let's i hope guess. that that it's guy right now shot. is saying i told you i said it you know <laughs> it's that's the trailer for the new movie mail chunk <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned up next. Devon Franklin joins us. We live in a time of global and personal chaos. The world is at war because our souls are at war. Inner peace flows out of your divine intention, and that process begins with you overcoming your most frequent and fierce enemy, yourself. In his new book, The Way of the Warrior, best-selling author and culture thought leader, Erwin McManus calls us to pursue peace and intention by which we discover our strength, story, and destiny. Discover the ancient codes and practices based on universal truths from scripture. The Way of the Warrior by Erwin McManus. Available wherever books are sold. Isn't it neat that uh, Ian McManus, uh, who we assume is his son, is uh, commenting on the Facebook th- thread I had right no now. idea what was going on for a second. I thought it was just our moment of meditation together. I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, I'm centered. I've got my chi ready and I am here. That's what we'll do for koozied up with Annie is we'll just meditate for a minute. Uh-huh. I'll, I just, like I'll just read a calm meditation over us. Uh, Devon Franklin is a preacher, a movie producer, and an author whose latest book, The Truth About Men, looks at Annie's dating life. No, that's not true. Uh, (laughs) Looks at toxic masculinity and how a biblical perspective can correct cultural misconceptions. 
We recently spoke with Devon about the book and some of his upcoming movie projects. Uh, Jesse, yeah. you're the one who talked to him, aren't, aren't you? Yeah. And like I said, he, this is a topic that he kind of decided to tackle in the form of a book following, um, what was happening with the Me Too movement. But actually kind of his first impulse to, to talk about it was when he, a family secret was revealed to him and he decided that this was a topic that wasn't just something that was happening in culture, but it was very personal and he wanted to tackle it. Here's what he had to say. One of the things that when I really started drilling down on the book and where my heart was coming from, I thought about my father and my father passed away when I was nine years old. He died of a heart attack at 36. And in my teenage years, I found out that he had an affair with my, uh, on my mother with another woman in my family. And it really, you know, devastated me to find that out. And I started asking, you know, the question I was saying, hey, um, you know, can men be faithful? Yeah. You know, to women in my family. I'm like, hey, do, do, is this like the thing? Like I was a teenager. I was like, is this a thing? Like do yeah. men, is this what men do? You know? I mean, and they were like 99% of all men cheat. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, yeah. no. So that question persisted. And so all of this, you know, played a role into me saying, you know what, I'm going to take, I'm going to take it on. Yeah. And what it is, you know, conceptually is that, and even as I begin to analyze myself, you know, here's my theory. My theory is that uh, all men have the same struggle. And that struggle is lust. And I call lust the dog, like right. uh, using a metaphor. And like yeah. I use metaphors in most yeah, of my sure. books. So lust operates like an untrained dog. Uh, lust is selfish. It wants what it wants, when it wants and how it wants. That is lust for women, lust for money, lust for power, lust for greed. That is in all men. And we all struggle with that. But we also have love. I call love the master, love of self, love of God, uh, love of women, love of family, love of community. I believe that for a man to be successful, he must put love and control of lust every day and must work on mastering the dog every day. Why do we see all the things that we're seeing in society related to men? I believe it's because most men have given themselves over to lust. So, you know, it started off as a very personal story. And obviously, you know, lust isn't a gender specific thing. But when, you know, we're looking culturally at something like toxic masculinity, I think what he said there is, is a really interesting yeah. observation. Yeah, absolutely. Man, no um, kidding. And so, uh, you know, I, from there, I can ask, well, what does it look like to try to tackle that on a day to day basis? Even if you're not necessarily a person in power that has the opportunity to take advantage of people like we're seeing so much in culture. But how, how can just the average person keep that in check? And here's what he had to say. For me, what that looks like is one acknowledgement. I have a whole chapter acknowledge. We spend so much time suppressing, denying, running from the fact that there's something in us. So number one, acknowledging and sometimes just acknowledging, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling this thing inside. Like, why is that? Yeah. Just acknowledging it helps master it because I acknowledge that it's there. If you go to a doctor and they don't acknowledge where the pain is, you can never treat it. So me personally acknowledging it is important. Number two, when I talk about putting mastering the dog, when I talk about putting love in control of lust, it's love is sacrificial. Love is like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take my needs, put them to the side. My desire to be a faithful husband is greater than my desire for personal pleasure in the moment from whoever may want to pleasure me. That's what that looks like. And it's like, okay, you know what? I may have an urge. Mm, you know what? I'm going to feel the urge, but I'm not going to act on it. Why? Because I want to be the master. I want to be someone who has the power, who has a self-control to not allow their urges to run their life. The, the, 
the conversation also shifted. And this is a really important point that I think is particularly timely, especially what we've seen with like the SBC. You know, Cameron, yeah. you and I were talking about the show right before this. You know, the executive, the Southern Baptist Convention Crazy. Executive Committee met recently and just released a statement that, it, it, you know, honestly, doesn't get that much attention. I think we talked uh, or talking about it on Relevant Daily. Um, it's, uh, you know, they have basically ask, you know, they've kind of walked back what President J.D. Greer has has proposed. And, you know, he J.D. Greer is calling for transparency. He's calling for investigations into these 10 churches that have hired or employed in some way uh, people who have been accused of uh, sexual abuse. And, you know, the, the executive committee said, no, seven of those is fine. Just look at these three. And we say this to Southern Baptists, before you go public with anything, make sure there's an actual criminal conviction. Before you promote any kind of accusation, make sure you let the church know first. Basically, the opposite of embracing transparency. So that's why Devon's next point, I think, is so important because what is exposed to light, it, you know, is what can be corrected. Here's what he said. Uh, but there's that saying, you know, what's done in the dark uh, will come to light. That is the scripture. Sorry. That's what I'm looking for. What's done in the dark will come to light. And sometimes only coming into the light is what then produces the desire to change. And my thing is, you know, I know there's, you know, some people are saying, oh, you know, it's a dangerous time for, for men. I think it's only a dangerous time for men who choose not to do their work. Yeah. Come on. Do the work. If, if anything, if, if I'm a man and I am a man, like if I'm if I'm advising other men, I'm saying, yo, to the point you just made, like, don't let your life get to a place where this thing gets so out of control. It finds you out. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, I, I need help dealing with this. Let me start doing my work. Yeah. Let me start I, analyzing where does this come from? Where does my brokenness come from? Who am I? Who do I have to talk to? How do I not suffer in silence? Like, let me start being open and transparent because transparency to me leads to transformation. Jesse, one of the favorite things I, about hearing the unedited interview you did with him in person yeah. is you are like a good church congregation. You're, You're like, it, yeah. come, on, like bring it, come on, bring it, Devin. I'm yeah. high five. What you don't see is I'm high fiving, fist pumping every good point. Put it there, man. I love it. Hands, I love it. Straight up in the air. But, but just, you know, he, interestingly, like, Jesse got saved at the end of the, of the yeah, interview. Yeah. Exactly. Devon was <laughs> like, uh, he wheeled a robot in. in. He, re- two, he, re- he, he oh let a guys. robot in who led yeah, me to the Lord. I don't know if it counts because it was a robot that did the center prayer with me, but Devon was looking very uh, intrigued in the corner about what was yeah. transpiring right there. No, but he's a, well, he's a fantastic interview. Like Annie, you do a, a lot of interviews. I know. And Eddie, you as well with, with new activists. But I, for me, those are sometimes my favorite types of interviews because genuine passion and authenticity about the topics, you know, really translates. And I feel like that's something that's really clear when you're talking to him. Yeah. Um, there, I also, I, I, I wanted to take the opportunity too, because he's, you know, he's produced, he just did the, um, the, uh, a movie. He's doing a couple big movie projects. He just did that one that uh, he produced with Steph Curry. Um, uh, he also has, uh, one that we talked about a little bit later in the interview about, um, that we've talked about on this podcast, uh, the Flaming Hot Cheeto movie about <laughs> a guy who went from a janitor at the Frito Lay co- cor- this com- is the Corporation. Flaming Hot Cheeto guy. Yeah. yeah this Devon, is, he, he's yeah. the producer of the movie. Oh, yeah. But what I wanted right. to ask is like, you know, this, uh, you know, Chris Pratt had right before we had talked actually had come out and talked about how it's a big misconception that Hollywood is anti-Christian, anti-people of faith. As someone who's in the industry, produces movies and has for a long time. I wanted to see what his thoughts are and if he agreed with Chris Pratt on that point. Here's what he said. Where you see resistance, and this is why it's so important for for people of faith to be a part of whatever secular environment or profession God has called you to occupy because 
there is some resistance in Hollywood because their perception of Christianity sometimes is filtered through what they see in the news. Yeah. And whatever you're seeing in the news or whatever you're seeing politically is never, in my opinion, an authentic representation oh, of faith, especially these, especially these yeah, days. Yeah. So but but there are some people that that's the only interpretation they know. Yeah. So as a result, they build up resistance to what they think it's about. Yeah. So when, you know, people like myself or people like Chris are in the environment and are in environments where we are authentic and honest about our faith. It works in it. It works against building down their resistance yeah. and gives them a different perspective. Oh, well, people of faith aren't what we think. Yeah. Oh, they're different. Oh, it's oh, OK. Got it. And so I have found that while there is resistance, there still is a tremendous amount of openness. Yeah. In some instances, I have found Hollywood to be more embracing than the church. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, because the church is sometimes very like, oh, you got to be this and this. And if you're not, then we don't really have a place for you. But Hollywood is like, listen, if you're talented, if, if you're excellent, we'll, we'll, you can make money. OK, yeah. let's be honest. Like, you know, it's like if you can make people in Hollywood money, you can be almost anything yeah. and they will yeah. accept you. So I agree with Chris that Hollywood, in my experience, has been very open. You know, I've been I've been very vocal about my faith from day one yeah. and it hasn't it hasn't shut up, shut opportunities. It's open doors. What, what what you don't see there is not yeah. only am I emphatically agreeing with <laughs> yeah. him and encouraging yeah. him. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sort of like a cut man. Were you waving a boxing match? I'm in his corner. What you don't see is yeah. he's so worked out. I'm rubbing his shoulders while yeah. he's talking. <laughs> Most, from from at this point in the interview on, yeah. I am giving him a deep tissue shoulder rub. He's getting so fired up. It's great answers. Do you have, have the ability to track an interview? Is this just not a thing you know how to do? No, he I was, can show you. He was in the room with them. This was an in-person interview. Yeah. And he, yeah. uh, you're Amen. hearing I, him dude, bleeding on Devon's mic. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I had a very makeshift setup. And that's what I was going for, Eddie. I was like Mickey <clears> in the corner like, you got him, Rock! You got him, Rock! <laughs> I was trying to steal his thunder, Eddie. I was encouraging him. I got one more clip because I had Hold to ask on, about the Flaming Hot Cheeto movie. Can I, can I, I say though to the point that he was making? Yeah. I am glad he said that though because I feel like any any group or or like institution that I it gets a, a a kind of a bad rap about how they view like I, I Hold on, let me try to say this again in a yeah, way that's actually good. Don't worry, it's not like it's live. Here we go. We Let's do it again. <laughs> I'm glad he said that about <laughs> Hollywood because you get this idea outside of it that you know, the general Hollywood must be just all hyper liberal or hyper, hyper unaccepting of people that are Christian and you actually get inside of it. And it's just like any other group that we want to just, you know, put stereotypes around. They're just a group of people that are trying to figure it out. Some agree, some disagree. Everybody's doing the best they can to understand each other's opinions. And some people are great. Some people are not, but I'm just glad he kind of, there's this demystifying it of it a little bit that it's like Hollywood isn't all just one kind of person, just like any other group that we want to put a label on. That's not just one kind of people. There's a lot of yeah. individuals within it that are great. I'm just glad he made that point and that I butchered it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not rubbing Eddie's shoulders at that point, And you no, saw what happened. You, I was purposely not saying, come on, Eddie, bring it. Yep. You're totally right. And look what happened. You got off the rails. Eddie, I'm not saying record separate tracks when you're I, giving your guest a back massage. Yeah. Eddie, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that the reason he gave such a fantastic interview was because I was encouraging him the whole time, but we saw what happened when you didn't get encouragement. Finally, <laughs> I had to ask Simon Franklin about the flaming hot Cheetos movie. It's a movie about the inventor of flaming hot Cheetos. At first, I thought it was funny when I saw they were making a Flaming Hot Cheetos movie, but then I learned the I story. I still think it's funny, to be fair. When I learned the story, I was like, okay, I'm definitely I'm going to give this movie a shot. Here's what he said about Flaming Hot Cheetos. 
uh, you know, I'm doing a, a movie on the creator of Flaming Hot Cheetos, yeah. uh, on Richard Montanez, and I met him, and I just mm-hmm. I heard his story, and yep. I said, I think I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. So that is it. I mean, he started. He was a janitor. Janitor. Yeah. Janitor, man, yeah. and unbelievable. I mean, it's like he was a janitor, and and uh, you know, created. Uh, That's a an assist that is, right a there. Yeah. That's a, that and one's on me. Flaming Hot Cheetos is a cultural revolution, yeah. Yeah. and when people really hear the story behind it, I think it it it'll take the brand to an even higher level because it'll represent something more than just a, a pop culture product. I yeah. think this movie will help people see that that product represents we can anyone can do anything. Yeah. And that all things are possible to those that believe. Yeah. I'm running around the interview room by this point. It is. Yeah. Jesse, you got I, me so pumped up. I, that's interview. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Everyone was pumped in the room at the time. His publicist was doing push-ups. Uh, <laughs> his manager was shadow boxing in the corner. And what I wanted people to pay attention to is not the content of that interview, yeah, no. but what I call assist. And oh my gosh, sure he was the, sure Devon was the one who was putting the basket through the hoop. But I believe I should get credit for all those points because sure. it was assist. It was p- high pick and rolls. You know, it, I I'll say we got it. You know, I'll say seventy thirty seventy me thirty percent him there. But anyway, I want to thank him for being our guest, and his book just came out. And, too, so, and, and at no point in the world has anybody made the movement from flaming hot Cheetos to scripture so quickly. I mean, right. he was, I mean it, 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 it was back to back sentences. And, and, and he did like a, a goodwill hunting kind of anybody can achieve their dreams. Like if you believe well, it, you can do it kind of thing. I was, yeah. I was pumped. No, I the it. movie really is like Rudy. The guy started as a janitor at Frito-Lay Corporation, one of the biggest food companies in the world. He's now the president of that company because he invented flaming hot Cheetos. Incredible story. And again, I'm not cool. trying to take thunder from Devon Franklin, who gave a fantastic interview just now but i wanted i here's the thing if if you if you're a journalism student if you're you know involved in academia and you want to play something to teach students how to really just get those you know those heartfelt questions you're welcome to use that i will expect some compensation (laughs) (laughs) some royalty of some sort just cash uh, or gift cards though no gifts but but to quote gift cards to quote our very own clark you are welcome <laughs> hey Jesse, that segment great. It was, was great. Great. Yeah. great. It was great. All right, stay tuned. Hey, cool. if you're on the Facebook stream, uh, get them ready. Coming up next, oh, it is I'm your terrified. Ask Me Anything of the relevant podcast staff. Stay tuned. Oh wait, we, we all have to answer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm going to just do jokes, so I don't do whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Brian Hill says he is loving the new interview format. Really engaging. It's something that we were talking about. Was he talking about the? Was he talking about the format or my style of interviewing, where I interrupt the questions with "Yep, come on, bring it, hello, here you go, loud and clear." You you should probably clarify. No, I I do. I because I you know I especially Annie, you are particularly engaged in that. I could see you going, "Yep, yep." I could see not. Yeah, I really like us talking during the interview and hearing it and talking about it. I. And I I think that's a super interesting topic as a leader and a woman. I think that is 
really interesting. I will probably read his book very soon. And, and, and what I, I was I was interested to hear your take on this. Annie. I know we want to get to this next segment, but like as because there are obviously like some, you know, not gender politics, but like gender identity stuff that goes into, you know, talking about like toxic masculinity. But as like a woman, did you feel like what he said was accurate and fairly kind of from your perspective that you kind of agreed with, you know, some of his assertions? Yeah, I mean, I can't really know like what it's like to be a dude, right? But I've spent a lot of time. I mean, I'm with, I talk to y'all more than I talk to my parents every week. So I talk to dudes a lot, you know? And, um, but I, and so <laughs> hey, I do hey, think there's it's, your sound bite from the podcast today, a public. Yeah, really. Any <laughs> F downs, I talk to dudes a lot. <laughs> How much do most of you talk to your parents? Yeah, do y'all talk to your parents more than you talk to us? No. Once no. a quarter. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, so. Yeah, Jesse, it's like a quarterly check-in. Christmas yeah. morning. Christmas morning. <laughs> when, they, when they drop the gifts off on the front door, I say yeah. I give them a hearty wave and say, <laughs> season's greetings. And then yes. you know, I see awesome. them. And I you see call them by their first name. Yeah. <laughs> Judy, Wait, Ron, I, I thanks so much. To say. I have a real okay. thing to say. Yeah, please do. Um, here's my real thing to say. Women need to read books like his book, not because we need to um, agree with toxic masculinity, but because we need to know how to partner with good men like y'all and helping everyone walk away from that. And so books like that, I think this is always true. Books about how men can be better, books about how women can be better. It is really helpful for both genders to read them so that we can learn. And so I think that's an important book for women to read as well as men. And I don't even know the guy. So I'm not like pushing yeah. one of my buddy's books. I don't know the guy at all. I just think I want to read that because I, I can see it's called toxic masculinity for a reason. There's toxicity to it. And, and there is a role for me as a woman on this planet to help y'all walk away from that. Yeah, I, I was shocked with that first clip where he said that story about he was talking to his friend or whatever, and his friend said, "Dude, ninety nine percent of men cheat." Oh like, gosh, that I, I that shocked me. I was like, "That is so. That, that is not true." <laughs> Just yeah. FYI, that is not true. Yeah, yeah. I really oh, hope yeah. that's not true. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, I'm watching the comments right now. Uh, you guys are rolling in some good questions. We only have a few minutes, so we're gonna pick a couple of these. This is your. Ask the relevant cast anything. Here we go. I'm going to throw a couple to you guys. We do not um, agree to this. What? Hey, can I actually say something about the interview real quick? Oh, I'm sorry yeah, to like derail yeah. it while you get your questions together. Sure. I did think that one thing that's been kind of, I'm a slow processor, but echoing through like what he said was, and I haven't read his book at all. So I yeah. just heard what was in this interview, but he was definitely like the way to get out of this, the way to like overcome some of these like addictions and is like a real white knuckle kind of like approach and realize, which I appreciate, but I also hope that in the book, or at least as we're kind of like configuring in our minds, what it looks like to actually heal from these things. I hope there's a real sense of like um, looking into our past and looking into our story. Cause so much of this, so much of this, like it's good because white knuckling is a huge part of it. Like it's really important to just do the right things and know that your body will follow along. But also I think a huge part of this, and I'm sure he touches on it is digging into like, we don't react because we're bad people. We do bad. We do things that are good. Like kind of junky people cheat because they have been hurt deeply somehow. And that narrative has to be healed. Um, and so I just want people that are listening to be like aware of that. It's like, a, I'm yeah. sure there's more to it. Yeah. And I think that was sort of the implication of starting off yeah. with a story about his own father. You oh, know? Totally. But yeah, but I think that's, that's right. a totally fair point. That's Eddie. a great point. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Questions. Eddie, Let's you deserve, you deserve your shoulder rub during that. That was, that was good stuff. <laughs> I had to redeem <laughs> myself with something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kiki gave us Eddie specifically. What is your skin regimen to keep you love- looking so young? <laughs> I love the ass that a daily, 
a yeah a daily face cream that includes a, a low SPF in the T zone and uh, a good hand lotion and then just a general lotion around arms and legs. So great question, Kiki. Hey, can, can I? I know that wasn't directed towards me, but here's what I do: I wake up every morning, I get in the car, and I roll the window down. I hold my face out like a dog, and <laughs> I I go at about 35 miles an hour and I scream as loud as I can. And honestly, the wind and the screaming yeah. really it frightens people. But uh, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, Jesse, people. People are commenting that without your hat on today, you look a lot like David Schwimmer. Just FYI. Yeah. Just, you look a little like... I mean... Oh, um, Monica. Ooh. That's my David I mean, Schwimmer. That's Casey, the best I can uh, do. Casey Rose Douglas asked... We were on a break. Annie, what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you? Oh, gosh. Is it the vaping? It was that question. time the vaping story, right? <laughs> the most embarrassing thing that's oh, ever no, happened. No, 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 Eddie, the vape store story. Go the ahead with that story. One. Yeah. I mean, y'all can tell it. I don't know that I will. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't. I don't get embarrassed very easily. I, I, this is a terrible. You know, thing but, to no, do. but that's interesting. Have you ever done something that everyone would feel like is embarrassing, but you were just fine with? Yeah. Like, yeah, you let's fall see, on yeah. stage. No, I've never fallen on stage. I, well, this one time in college, I, I sing fine. I don't sing great. I sing yeah. fine. Let's hear those pipes. I'm right just going to be clear. I sing great. You sing great. I don't. <laughs> I know I, I do. Sing fine. Songbird. Songbird of a generation right there. I can right sing. There. I just you. can't sing. Yeah. And I was singing very loudly in a room. I thought I was in by myself and I wasn't by myself. This guy was in there too. And it kind of <laughs> marked our friendship for my entire, co- entire college experience. Oh, you just can't look and, that person in the eye. Oh, you, were, you were alone. <laughs> what you were song was it? Sure I, I know you remember. What song was it? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was... Um, I want to feel the heat with somebody. No, no, but I would. That's a great song. Uh, I think it was uh, Delirious, that first album, that cutting edge album. That's a very Christian answer. What worship song it was. I was just like worshiping and praising. I was in the chapel at my campus ministry. I thought I was the only one in the chapel, and I wasn't. And you had your robot worship leader there. Taking yeah, care yeah. Of so it was just me and the robots. And so I thought, no one can hear this. And then Guy was in the back row, and I got up to leave, and I was like, Oh gosh! Oh, that, yeah. you know that's a great and he point. Just looked at me and laughed. Player pianos. We've had robot. We've had robot music leaders forever. A player piano that's been around since like old days. So and they've been that, that right? No, no. It's literally the exact same thing. Next question, oh, uh, Annie. There are a lot of suggestions for a mug or shirt that says, "I talked to a lot of dudes." Any of hey, I'm fine with all that. You all put right. that in the store, and I'll buy one. All right, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> Swag alert. <laughs> Um, uh, Jesse Hood asks, I'm supposed to come up with a fun office Olympics game day for our church staff. What do we do? Well, uh, yeah. the office, Go right? Jesse. Yeah. I mean, Eddie, did you, it sound, I mean, I'm fine going, but did you have something that looked like you're about to say I mean, something? Mine won't be as deviant and illegal as yours, but I really think <laughs> I always want to do the office the, from the office Olympics. They no, did it in the office. And that was, as, I mean, that seemed like so much fun. I think it's looked really lame, to be honest with you. I've rewatched so that episode yeah, you several suggest, times. I, I, I'm going for more of like a Festivus type of thing. Like, I think one time a year, everyone needs to get stuff out of their system with an old fashioned airing of grievances. Like we have, you know how ministries would do the hot seat where some person comes in the middle and everyone says something nice and they pray for yeah. them. Do you guys ever yeah. do that? No. Like a cell group or something. Oh, Cameron, you ever that, did that? No. You've At never our done church. That? No. At our church, we did the hot seat, but people were allowed to ask like anything. 
and it <laughs> ended up being not cute. Like yeah, someone cried. Cute. Well, what, okay. Well, that's what I'm suggesting here because the problem is people at work are a little too comfortable with each other. You know, you mm-hmm. need to you need to heighten some tension. You know, like yeah. the, the the you look at you look at like the '90s Bulls team. Those guys hated each other. Like once Michael Jordan left, they never spoke to each other. That's what you need. You need to <gasps> heighten the true? tension. You need to Him get them. Scotty Pippen like aren't friends. Oh no! Oh, uh, they've no. talked a little bit, but they're not yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. This you is get, you get a person in the middle. News for me, Jesse. No, no. You're just dropping Michael it Jordan. So casually, Michael like Jordan would get in knows. fights with his teammates all the oh time, like in practice. I had no like, idea. Yeah. but so would Kobe Bryant. Hey, nobody, are nobody you lotioning seen. up during this. What else am I going to do? <laughs> You're listening. I got lotion hey. to do. Hey, you guys are the one that decided to put me on TV. Okay, I here's what you do. Here's here's. <laughs> listen, I painted my nails. If I don't moisturize every 45 minutes. I get a little scaly, so I, li- I yeah. liked the audio. I liked the audio only, but now we're on TV, so I got to put on lotion and drink my tea. I'm not. And you're I'm in my home light. now. Hey, okay. No, but- so hey, there's there's. Let's move on. Then we got Thanks a few God. more minutes. Okay. Uh, Alex Garza says, "What's your best scar story? Scar, not cigar. What's your best scar story? Scar hmm. story. I have one on my forehead right here because when I was in kindergarten, I fell on the playground and got and there was an arrowhead from like like Indian arrowhead that went what? into my head." An Indian arrowhead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a actual. Yes, it was for some reason Ooh. it was on the playground you, and it went into my head. Do you ever wow. get that like weird feeling that someone shot it in the past and it was still moving towards <laughs> you in that moment? Not until now. No, like not it had just been like destined for your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameron, yeah. do you no, have wait, any wait. good scars? Oh, I have a very embarrassing fourth grade scar stories. <gasps> well, let's oh, hear no. it. Let's hear yeah. it, please. Uh, one, you know, one of those. I was I was the kid who would try to finish his work first, and then I would kind of like turn it in. And like, kind of walk around the room because I was yeah. done first, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'd go back and sharpen a pencil. And I, I, one of my friends was, you know, looking at me. And so I took my two very sharpened pencils and I was going to pretend to like stab the girl in the back row's head with it. And I actually stabbed my own. And I had two pencils sticking out of my skull and I had to go to the hospital. And I have two dots on my hair. When I get my hair cut, there's two Cameron. dots right there. And, uh, and then Four. I have a V on my finger. Because that actually I, totally also sounds like something Cohen would do, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a V on my finger because I found some bamboo in the woods and I had a machete and I was going to make Classic. a fishing pole and I was cutting the shoots oh. and it went and the machete went right into my bone of my finger. Oh. And, but I couldn't tell my parents about it because I wasn't allowed to play with the machete. So I now have a V scar on my finger. So how so. long did how long until you told them? I never told them. I just wrapped it and and it, I could see the bone. You know, every time you tell a story, I, I understand you more. I have, more. I have a really humiliating scar. I have a really humiliating scar story. Yeah. I was, uh, I was supposed to inherit. I was actually the rightful heir of this entire kingdom, and <laughs> because of Scar, I had to go live amongst the wildebeests right. for a few right. years right. and eat grubs. And I it was a joke for real. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You're so dumb. You guys have any, you should have started bleeding me out. That could have saved that whole thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so anyway, I was meant to inherit. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Tim Orsell, uh, this is probably more Eddie and, and Annie's lane. What's a great creative idea for a Good Friday service? Budget is not a problem. Now, I don't know if he's saying a good Friday oh, service or eyes. a good Friday service. You know Live what I'm saying? animals. <laughs> Eddie loves the darkness. Go with him I love on this. Good Friday what service. What would you do? I'm well, hold on. Are we talking Easter? about I'll throw price you is not option. Eddie will throw Is this like a great grandma? Is this like just a good Friday service? He no, didn't no, capitalize no. the G. No, no, no. 
So no, it's no. like good he didn't capitalize the G. He's not Annie, a master. Annie, I have no idea how to make a good Friday service, but I will tell you, no joke. During my pastoring years, I pastored. They asked me to do every Good Friday service 100%. because I would lean into it, and I never let off the gas. And That's I right. mean, never even came close. I was just. We're going to make this as sad and macabre as we can. And I would just leave. And I'm like, well, finally a service I liked. We didn't have to clap. We didn't have to jump up and down and sing the silly songs. You and I would be the best pair on Easter weekend. You could do the Good Friday. I'll do Easter and we'll have a great time. As people were entering, the lights go down. And a a single spotlight shines down on stage. And Eddie is is head bowed at a stool. And all he hears, Mary, did you know (laughs) that your baby... I'm going to need it real quiet in here, everyone. Please find your seats. (laughs) That's your baby. Hush. Hush. The animals will wait. My favorite part of the real Good Friday service, though, is the disappointment that people feel. Because, like, at the end, you're like, you do your whole sermon, and every pastor (laughs) thinks they're so clever. But they they always end with, but Easter's coming. And everybody's supposed to be like, oh, that's Ah, right. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Easter's coming. Good Good Friday. But then also, then that's the moment when they drop in. And so join us for the Easter sunrise service. And everybody's like, I don't want to go to church at 6 (laughs) a.m. And so it's like a real conflicted time where you're like, I guess and I just, I, this I is just time, a really inconvenient I want, thing. I don't know if I should tell the story. I have one time with buddies. I was buddy with the pastor and he's like, Hey man, I got Friday morning off. Cause I have to do like a, uh, like a service in the evening. So they gave me the day off. You want to go play golf? And we played and I didn't even realize it was good Friday. When I realized the occasion, it felt pretty bad and weird. Like it was not a great decision. <laughs> like it should be a day of observance. That's and Eddie's saying, Mary, the pastor. did you know? That's all the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ash Wednesday. Ooh, I, I, I went to a I, when I was a kid, my parents always did the sunrise service on Easter and and uh, we went to one at SeaWorld. Did you ever go to that, Eddie? I didn't. No, but that a sounds incredible. They have an Easter sunrise sea, at SeaWorld and it was in the sh- it was in the Shamu Stadium. <laughs> Obviously, it was like a worship and a preaching, but in the background you could see in the holding pins the the whales kind of just flipping around, you know? Like but yeah, it was in the stadium because it was like a big stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then at the, the climax, they, at the climax, yeah. they took God's most majestic and intelligent and social beast and made them dance to jock I was about jams. To say, were it they was just. <laughs> no, no, no. Did no, it no, involve the, the, the shark? I mean, the, no, whales, the whales at all? No, 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 no. They, it was just there because it was a big stadium. It was like a big amphitheater and they would put yeah. a stage up like right in front of the, the but, pool. Oh, but they didn't, no, no, for, for that one, they wanted, they wanted the whole um, yeah. So they, they jammed the whales in an extra small pen that morning. Oh. Extra small. <laughs> I'll yeah. say this there are plenty of large stadiums seating areas in Orlando. In Orlando. Yeah. There right. was the only reason was because it was like, ah, cool. It's in front of like a big a whale tank. That's neat. Like there's the only, that's the yeah. only reason every year. Look we went every year. Uh, so yeah. that's my, that's Easter to me as you get wow. up in the dark and you go sit in a whale it's stadium. Sea world. Oh man. Gets. Every Very year odd. I try to do, I try to do the midnight Christmas Eve. Never do it. I'm like, no, I'd rather just go to bed or yeah. the sunrise Christmas or Easter. I'm like, you know what? I'll just take a valuable 9.30 a.m. spot from someone else because that's when it's convenient for me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hey, there's a lot more questions. Thanks for everybody who's been uh, lobbing questions to us in the Facebook live stream. Uh, we'll do that, that again. Was that was not as scary as it could have been. Yeah. Or your editing choices were very good, Cameron. Either way. Well, <laughs> there were a lot of deeply personal and kind of like questions directed specifically at you. Um, about all these dudes you're talking to, but yeah, it's, I and decided, some of them from the dudes you're talking yeah. to. <laughs> why hasn't Annie called me back? You I have saw no that idea. several times. It was, I, I definitely I don't even know Eddie. That was 99 percent of the feed. Um, so it's the Rolodex of regret over there. In that show. 
I don't, Maybe I don't that's mean the that. problem. I'm still using a Rolodex. Yeah, I don't mean that. I just want to say that out loud before the <laughs> joke gets out of Hey, before we wrap things up. You're a up, really honorable, great person. Sorry. I want to let you know that uh, we are having a podcast, Relevant Podcast fan subscription sale to the magazine. You can get your first six months of Relevant Magazine for only six bucks if you go to relevantmagazine.com slash podfan. Plus, if you subscribe this week, you'll get a bonus issue, the Tori Kelly issue, which I actually have right here. We will send that to you as well as you'll get the next one in a couple weeks. Um, also, hey, uh, we debuted it last week. We told you about it every day. We're doing Relevant Daily now. It's the stories you need to know today at the intersection of faith and culture. It's about 10 minutes long. You can watch Relevant Daily on Facebook or YouTube. Or you can subscribe to the audio podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Relevant Daily. We're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, Tyler Huckabee is doing a great job, don't you think, Jesse? He's he's been mostly adequate, um, and uh, yeah, he'll do in a pinch. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. also, we <laughs> he are, knows how to use a computer. You know, our our sponsors uh, make this show possible, and we're doing our best to partner with brands and products that we we actually enjoy and you enjoy too. Um, and we're looking to keep things fresh, and we'd love to hear from you. Head over to relevantmagazine.com slash pod survey um, to take a quick two minute survey that'll help us kind of make sure that the people we're partnering with here on the show are people you want to hear from. So there you go. Uh, relevantmagazine.com slash pod survey and also pod fan. We, we don't like the whole cast word. We just like pod. There's no there need for cast. Yeah, drop just it in the, the cast. Pod. Just pod. Just the pod. No. Hey, yeah, no. many thanks to Devon Franklin for joining us on the show. You follow him on Twitter at Devon Franklin. Make sure to check out his new book, uh, The Truth About Men. Um, and if you're on Amazon, you could send one uh, through the gift list to Annie. She uh, No need. Could... I'm going to buy it myself. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> But you can't. you're welcome to send me gifts via Amazon. The truth about men. <laughs> she, she loves them. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I, I talk to dudes a lot. Yes, yeah. that is true. That is true. <laughs> Sorry about that bad fade. I did pretty good, though. We'll see uh, you guys wasn't that great. on Friday. Anything left? Anything else Adequate. 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 Adequate.